and welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're full season card holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. After our short break, we're back to discuss not one but two games. The shellacking we handed out to Bath in the Premiership Rugby Club Cup and this weekend's showdown against Saracens where we came achingly close to a memorable victory. We also look ahead to the upcoming games against Gloucester in the Cup and the trip to Franklin Gardens for the league game against Northampton. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Lee, Pete and Miles for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, after our mid-season break, guys, it's nice to be back together. Lee, back at your place. Thank you very much for hosting. Good to see you, lads. And uh, thanks for uh, for sharing the experience of being at uh, Tottenham Stadium yesterday because I was absolutely gutted to miss out on it. Yeah, we. It, it was a great shame you weren't weren't there. Great shame you weren't there. Sounds like you've had a few sherbets, Tony. You're all right here. Well, it was it was a proper <laughs> boys away trip. Um, I've got to say, I think it's more hay fever than than the after effects from yesterday. Although we did uh, we did have a one or two cheeky beers. Uh, and Miles, how have you been uh, spending the last two weeks? Uh, stuck at home with my daughter who's had COVID all week. <laughs> Oh dear! Mind you, it's, it's not been a bad week to have sort of uh, be isolated, is it? The sun's been out. I've painted the back gate. I've fixed so many things in the garden. Painted the shed. Um, I'm not going to tell my boss that, but uh, she doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> well, you bet, bet yeah, yeah. she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been all right under the circumstances. I, I heard she does listen to it. She just fast forwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've got a man that does that. Yeah. yeah. Your, your, your butler or your valet. Yeah. Or, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Pete, we had a fabulous day out, wasn't it, yesterday? We'll talk about it a little bit more in detail when we get to the game, but uh, are you, you fully recovered? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a... It was a long day, and it were, but we paced ourselves well, Tony. I, I've got to say, you called it a boys' day out. I mean, looking at the demographic at Bristol Temple Meads, getting on the train at half past eight, I'd say it was more of a middle-aged man's day out, to be fair. <laughs> Well, let's chat a bit about that uh, as as we move through the programme. So, uh, first of all, that's shellacking. 250 games Ooh. against Bath. Uh, and uh, we came up with a 61-19 victory in the Premiership Cup. Now, Lee, if I come to you first... Um, is it fair to say maybe we took this game a bit more seriously when you looked at the quality of the two teams? Yeah, I think we did. I mean, it was obvious when you, when you saw both team sheets. But, um, I mean, at the end of the day, as we've always said, you can only beat what's in front of you, can't you? And, you know, that we did give up. We did serve a shellacking, it's, it's true. But, you know, I would rather give them a shellacking than, you know, a narrow points win and the player has not been on point because every one of those guys on, that were on that pitch performed, didn't they, on on the evening. Mm. So, you know, full credit to them. Absolutely. And we're not going to go through it blow by blow, but um, we, just before half-time, we were 40-0 up, scoring a point (laughs) every minute. And then uh, I was there at the game, and then we gifted them a try under the post. Now, I think I'm so psychologically scarred over the last 12 (laughs) months that I was saying to one or two of the people, just looking at each other and going... No, we can't. We can't, we can't throw this away, can we? Forty forty point lead, and then of course they come out in the second half and score two stri- tries straight away. Uh, but fortunately, normal service was resumed, and uh, we finished off sixty one nineteen. Pete, any thoughts that you had from uh, from that particular game? 
Well, I think uh, clearly the stronger pack we had provided the platform for, for, for the kind of the backs and some of the understudies to to give a kind of exhibition of the Bears way, which was to, to hit gaps, you know, make line breaks, offload, score tries. And uh, the fact that nobody was bothering tackling them didn't really matter. <laughs> no. It was just the fact that they got to do it. And, uh, yeah, it was good fun. I mean, it's, a, it's almost a bit of a shame that such a historic moment to be honest 250th game you know mm. record points was kind of for a slightly more insignificant uh, game that mm. didn't have as many people there and, and so on but you know as Lee says you can only beat up what's in front of you absolutely well uh, the official attendance miles was 17,003 I mean, I was there. I know there were a lot more empty seats than a normal 16,000, 17,000. So I think they must have counted in every season ticket holder as actually being there. And even we know from our little group, yeah. that's, uh, that's not right. Having said that, it's a really good atmosphere on the night. Of course, you had a couple of colleagues from work I think that were t- took up one of your seats absolutely and, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I think TC you were quite excited weren't you I, I sent a couple of ladies from work to come and uh, uh, come and sit with you and well, a couple of housemates yeah, <laughs> exactly a couple of fine NHS staff and actually one of the girls said that was an amazing match can I go again and I said look that was champagne rugby don't think that every week is like that anyway she wants to go again and she's coming I think to the Exeter match in May so you know a couple of new recruits to the uh, to the team I'll tell you what to be honest they were much more animated in the game than you normally are yeah they told me you'd said yeah, that they told yeah. me you'd said that said and do you want to come again and not, not bring miles <laughs> and more knowledgeable yeah, yeah. so uh, no it was great to see a couple of new people coming along to the game really enjoying it and did of you course, teach them a few songs too well, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. To be fair, but then you know, when it's a point a minute, you know, sixty-one, nineteen, eighty points in total, it is quite a good one to yeah, to watch yeah, for your first game. So, uh, we'll talk about the Gloucester game that's coming up in a little while. But that's made things a little bit interesting now about uh, the possibility of progressing. Right on to the main event then, or should I say, the showdown? That was on Saturday at White Hart Lane. Now, as a West Ham fan, going to White Hart Lane is, I don't know, like a vampire looking in a mirror, really. It's just something that, that isn't, doesn't sit right. But uh, we were talking on the pod before, uh, before we started recording the pod. Uh, actually, I've got to say, it is one of the best grounds, football grounds, uh, I well... NFL grounds that I've, I've ever been to. It is really well designed, uh, great views, great facilities. Um, it, it, it's a fantastic ground, isn't it, Pete? Yeah, and, and as I said to my mate, if only they could have a manager and a team that would match it, they'd have the full package. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Pete, we, 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 we had an interesting start to our, our, little, uh, our little trip. Uh, we had delays in Starbucks that meant I only just managed to get on the train in time. And then, of course, uh, our friends from First Great Western threw in a, a curveball themselves, didn't they? I think they're called Great Western Railway now, aren't they? But yes, I yeah. mean, we, Tony, had, to be fair, had organised the trip. He did book tickets, reserve tickets. Yeah, we'd had our little stress at, at Starbucks, but we got there with about a minute to spare. Got to Coach B, uh, got on, big queue in the coach. 
people go, I was like, ah, oh, these people, stupid, they're idiots. They should have booked tickets, booked seats, and they'd have to worry about this. You thought, anyway, you I start thought pushing, geography. I, I start pushing past somebody. go, sorry, mate. I'm gonna, he goes, oh, no, no, there's no reservations. They've taken off four coaches and packed out oh. all the reservations. Oh. So Terrible. if we'd got there earlier, if we hadn't been waiting for the Starbucks, we would have got a seat. But in the end, we we uh, we couldn't even get our reservation. Although, by chance, we'd actually were standing next to the two seats that we had reserved, one of them um, had a two-year-old child in it. And I've got to say, Tony, to think about it for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. And the mum just looked at us, like, imploringly, and we like, oh, it's all right, yeah, OK, you have That is uh, bad, though, and they're doing that a lot more. I had the same thing going out to Exeter uh, last weekend. So yeah. I was stood up, obviously, like, you know, so your trip's yeah. an hour and a half, whereas mine was just an hour to... To uh, Exeter St David's, but here's a pain in the backside. But I, we were saved a little bit we by, were, by got a shout of people out. that we, Tony wants to shout out to. Yeah, absolutely, because we were there and uh, it was hot on that train as well, wasn't it? Sweaty. It was sweaty. The two-year-old that was in Pete's seat was was she she wasn't going to move. Right? No. She, she was whatever was on the the phone. She had a she was plugged in with the she earbuds. She didn't in. have any eye contact with me at all. No, away. no, there was no way we were going to we were going to mess with her. Um, but then a lovely couple that were uh, scout leaders yep. of I think it was the first Wick St Lawrence Scout Group. Very kindly said, "Look, boys, we're getting off at the next." Uh, Next station, we're getting off at Bath. The the scout group were having a, a a day in Bath, going through and seeing all the sights. And they very kindly made sure, even in this packed train, that Pete and I managed to uh, have oh. their seats. So a big thank you to them. And uh, anyway, so then then, then, <laughs> then we get to Paddington, and uh, and the circle lines closed. Couldn't make it up, could you? No. I mean, luckily we saw a good friend of ours, Simon Stone, Stoner. And uh, we we hailed him. He's not him. a stoner. Yeah, we hailed him, and uh, and he and he informed us that the uh, tube was uh, tube was uh, uh, cancelled. Have to do something else, and, and that was the moment we saw lots of Bristol Bears fans crisscrossing across Paddington, not really knowing where to go. But where did you the, go, Kings Cross? Well, no, what we did, Tony. Oh, to be fair, Tony's idea, but obviously I endorsed it as a geographer. We said <laughs> it's crazy. Let's just take ten minutes walk out of Paddington let's get down to Bayswater let's go to you know Lancaster Gate that area have a little think about the Premier League being formed and let's just get the central line did that no problem at all got ourselves up to Seven Sisters with a couple of stops loved it so just uh, just took the sting out of the situation by thinking sideways thinking laterally there we are and I've got to say one of the nice things uh, as a Bristol Bears fan uh, was to see so many fans on the train and Paddington was just a sea of, of Bristol Bears shirts and it was funny when you were looking at the great mass going down the platform you could just see Thatchers Thatchers <laughs> Thatchers oh, everywhere I mean even Paddington was a bear it, I mean, <laughs> it looked good on the TV as well to be fair you could you could see Bristol Supporters were wearing their colours as well, and it, it did look good. Yeah. Well, Lee, let's uh, let's talk a little bit then uh, about your your thoughts pre-game uh, when the the team sheets came out. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought we had a, a, a good squad. Um, you know, it was as strong as, as we could pretty much. I, I, there was a few surprises. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, the the most notable was that Sammy and Pietau were on the bench, um, and then there was this big talk about. Uh, you know, on the the commentary, saying that Pat has done his uh, analysis, and that we've been um, really lacking in the last kind of twenty minutes of games and all that. So I thought, okay, I'll buy into that. 
but when you when you saw that Sarri's team, I mean, it was mm. it was absolutely chock full of internationals, and I thought we would acquit ourselves well, but no way, shape, or form did I expect us to play out of our skins the way we actually did. I I I, I thought exactly along our prediction lines. I thought maybe, you know, defeat would be would be coming, but. We did play well, didn't we? We, we oh, did, yeah. and I think we, we did a poll on the, the, the our Twitter stream, and I think something like 65% of people were expecting a eight points or more loss. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, Miles, it, uh, it was a cracking start, wasn't it? We, we you know, the, uh, as, as um, Lee said, few changes to the team that maybe we didn't see coming. Um, but, boy, oh, boy, did we start hot. I mean, absolutely. I mean, those, you know, I guess one of the notable changes was was Tiff, who'd played his way into starting at number 10. Um, and as we'll probably come on to chat about, Pat, I think, had praised and uh, the players who played well the previous week in the Premier Cup and, and given some of them a first-team start, which is brilliant. That's, uh, that's great. Um, and, you know, within three minutes, I think we'd, Frisch had scored, hadn't he? Which was absolutely fantastic, Hell really. Start. Hell of a start, really. I don't think quite Saracen saw that coming so quickly. Um, and like we said, I think on the last podcast we did, you know, I was praising Frisch. And yet again, his speed and power were just immense. And I thought, you know, a slightly more slight frame wouldn't have got over on that try line. But it was, it was a great start. Absolutely, but uh, they came roaring back. Max Malins, our, uh, our our old mucker, scoring uh, in the corner after after nine minutes. Uh, then Pete um, Pierce O'Connor's try. Yeah, I mean, should you say the Malins try? It was Earl to Malins, so that was mm, a bit annoying. Yeah. And actually, it was a bit annoying because it was a bit of a mispass in midfield that yeah. one of our guys almost got there to it and, and then uh, it kind of landed at Ben Earl's feet and then he had a run in so it was a bit unfortunate but then yeah we did what the what you should do is we we hit back I think it was a it was one of their overthrows wasn't it it was an overthrow from yeah. um, the line out and uh, but it was a lovely it was, a, it was what we might call a bears move it was Jamie it? George it was doing his thing Jamie for bears George, again yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was and uh, it was a lovely it was a lovely try and I mean live it's brilliant that sort of thing because you just it was fast you just saw it hands through the hands straight to a corner and he just cantered through it was a uh, yeah it was great and we it kind of was then I just thought you know what this mm. is this has got ding dong mm, written yeah. all over it and uh, you know it was it was good that the, the atmosphere was ramping at that point as well Frisch and O'Connor yeah. in the centres were, were absolutely on fire as well and. Mm. I love the pace. I love the thought process as well. The thinking on the feet. It's just like getting that half a yard, isn't yeah. it? The way that they're just by using the body shape and the swivelling of the hips, and particularly Frisch, that just oh, all you need. Class. All you need is half a is half a yard just to get a little bit of space and, and offload it. And I mean, there was one. Up. I know we'll get we'll get to talk about this, but there was one sidestep or he sidestepped Elliot Daly, oh. and that was absolutely what England beautiful. and uh, British and Irish Lions. That's the one. one. The yeah, same yeah. Elliot Daly. Yeah. <laughs> I can I just say for listeners out there, uh, the swivelling of the hips. Pete was actually. Demonstrating, then. <laughs> but I, I think I think I think I think Frisch did it slightly more uh, fluidly. Um, uh, Owen Farrell scores a couple of penalty goals. Tiff Eden replies with one, um, and then we saw um, we saw Jake Armstrong come off, and I think John Afoa. Thirty-four minutes. Um, let me come to you, Miles. Um, 
This is Armstrong's career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, now we've we, we've been praising him up the last couple of games because he's come in and done a decent job. But it was a tough day at the office. Yeah, he has. Him. I mean, he's done it. You know, he did. He, he's done a decent job. He was obviously against Bath in the Prem Cup. That wasn't really quite the standard that Saracens were bringing to the game. I mean, as Lee said. I mean, that forwards pack that Sarri's put on was immense. I mean, they had all their England players back, no chance of resting them, and it was brutal. It almost reminiscent of that uh, horrible Saints game, wasn't it, where they yeah. were pushing us over. The scrum was collapsing, and I, mean, I hate to say it, but Jake looked tired the minute the game started. It was unfortunate for him, and I think Pat had no choice but to change up the front uh, front row and, and bring John Farrell on and... Yeah, couldn't come soon enough. And that's it. I mean, Big John is probably the best scrummager that uh, that we've got. But uh, on 36 minutes, Lee, Tiff goes over um, again. Well, it's at this point I want to I want to say how well Rich Lane played uh, because up to that point he was absolutely on fire and some of the twists and the turns that mm. was coming from him and he set a tone in a, in a lot of areas and. It was just really fortunate for us that one tiff went over. <laughs> Lane has gone for the ball, hasn't he? Yeah. And he just is just about evaded his fingertips mm. because even if he would have caught it, I don't think he would have grounded right. it. But Tiff was in the right place at the right time, and Tiff Eden had an absolute class game. I know his kicking was wasn't on point as usual, but the the interplay and some of the moves and some of the, you know, it was very, it was quite exciting to watch on the TV because we were doing something different and and we haven't had that for a while, have we? And, and there's nothing against Sheedy, but, you know, two d- different players, but it just kind of gave me a taste of what we might get next season with AJ coming in. Mm. You know, just that kind of ability to be able to change the game plan on the pitch. And yeah, I thought, yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tiff had a, had a had a great game, but then you know that was the second conversion. Not not it was terribly easy, di- yeah, terribly was, difficult. Yeah. No, um, and of course, we'll talk about the second half shortly. But that could have put a whole yeah. different complexion on that that final five minutes or so. And I mean, Pete, we were at the game. Uh, they kick off. We collect the ball. And I think go through a phase. And there is, I think I looked up, there was something like 80 seconds left on the clock. And I just thought, right, this is, the ga- this is a yeah. classic example of where game management should come in. Go through two or three phases and then, you know, just dribble the ball out when it's, the clock's red and we're Absolutely. away. Um, but what did we do? Well, I think we, we, we went for kind of a, a, an attacking aggressive box kick um, and, and and turned over possession and then and then they then scored I mean it was a great try from Daly I mean to be fair to him we sometimes mock him but he had to, he has got a turn of pace and it was a really really nicely you know our defence it was almost like they didn't really know what was no one had really organised what was going on because yeah. suddenly you know we, we do a box we don't, don't win the chase and the defence wasn't really set and it was frustrating. We said it straight away, and I think a lot of people have, have commented 
on on various social medias I've seen that there's similar sort of thing you know this is what big match experience gets you you know we would you know give it another few years we've had a few more we'd know what to do but almost as if you know the box kick it was you know why not just give it to t- get Tiff to just kick it into their 22 yeah. just if they take the mark Mm-hmm. They got to yeah. kick it back, you know. It was just kind of, yeah, it was right. too risky, and it was, uh, you know, maybe it was round. I don't know if, if if Harry decided to do that himself or whether he got a call. I don't know. It was just a bit of a shame because it was almost you could see it happening, and it and it, you know, and it, and it's happened before, but uh, perhaps let's say for once. <laughs> Very slowly, we may edge towards learning that this is not a good idea. Yeah. But we like, say that with trepidation. It, it was such a shame, wasn't it, that we didn't go in, um, what would it have been, 2013? It would have been 2013. Yeah, yeah, and that would have been a deserved 2013 yeah. as well. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. The, o- the only one thing I, I was reflecting on this this morning, actually, was actually the, um, the visibility of the match clock. So I don't know if you, mm. you noticed mm. that actually... Spurs have got four big TV screens in each yeah. corner, and the match clock was in the top left-hand side, and it was counting oh, up rather than down, wasn't it? Yeah, but I just think you know, you know, Ashton Gate, you 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 know yeah. where the clock is. You can kind of glance if you're a player mm-hmm. and know exactly what the time is. Yeah. Well, these big screens are, are way above where your normal <laughs> eye level would be, and the other thing as well, they'd often flash like "Come on, Sarries," and that took the clock completely yeah. off. Uh, off the screen so I'm not saying that that we is need to excuse. go and check that toe we need to go back on the replays and see did they put come on Sarries just as we've got that into that uh, Harry Randall yeah. like you say there was no excuse because like, there'll, there'll be people on a touchline saying look two minutes or whatever yeah, one minute yeah, you know yeah. so no, there is, uh, I mean it is it, it's a valid point but it well, certainly can't we, but we can't get away with that one yeah. so uh, 2020 uh, half time we go to sample some more of the uh, the ale. I was going to say fine ale, but it wasn't really, was it? It was neck oil. It was beaver beavers. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> despite everything we said about the stadium, it was brilliant. It, it was still difficult to get a drink at half-time. The queues were still massive. I, I've now come to the conclusion that it is impossible in any stadium anywhere in the world when you've got a lot of people watching the game and they all come out half-time. Did you not pre-order it? No, I didn't do that. Oh, well, I mean, with our experience of the seat reservations, you know, we've lost lost faith in any sort of pre-ordering. But um, so, yeah, it was. We didn't really, we didn't get a drink at halftime, did we, Tone? But actually, Saracens Foundation had put on an amazing dance show down one side, the whole length of the touchline. They got lots of like school kids and stuff, and they were doing a. It was a kind of synchronized dance move and it, but it was a whole length it was quite impressive and it was at us it felt like a per, private well not private show it felt like yeah. a, sorry it felt yeah. like a sort of as, as yeah, good as that is saying, I would have gone yeah, for the beer yeah, yeah. <laughs> well we, we couldn't have anything to do, but it was quite a nice alternative to queuing behind some Saracens fan under the stadium <laughs> and guess whose round it was yeah. hey. 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 So, so anyway we eventually uh, we get back to our seats after the uh, Yes, the, the, the entertainment. And actually, just before we talk about the second half, I was going to say, um, I think the official crowd was 40,376, oh, okay. so about oh, 20,000 under capacity. And, I mean, there were a lot of empty seats in the top tiers. And I don't know about you, Pete, when you saw, like, the stewarding and the roads that were closed and all the infrastructure they had to put in... 
and the fact that the the big end, lots of those tickets were looked like they'd been given away to mm. kids schools or, or clubs I wonder how much money they actually mm, made I know I mean we did get the sense of free tickets when the Mexican wave started after about 30 seconds <laughs> behind the goal and there was there was scant respect for the kicker as well they were, yeah. there was clearly a huge number of youths that were more interested in getting a Mexican wave going which you're right Tone I think I do wonder I mean you, you know I wonder whether Let's be let's to be objective. If they if they maybe had got Harlequins there for it, and I don't know whether that was the plan to start with. You would have thought they they may well have filled a, a few London more Derby. few more London Derby. Yeah. That's not to say it was great support from Bristol, but yeah, it did. It, you know, I assume these things are money spinners, but it was quite hard to see you, you how you do it. But you have to remember though. I mean, Saris are that you know that they're a, they've got a small yeah. fan base, really, in compared in comparison to a lot of the other sides, mm. and to fill. You know, what is it, 60,000 60, mm. That's a big ask, I think. Well, maybe, maybe but, it was something else. Maybe but, it was a training day for new stewards or something like that. <laughs> they got it for free. We were told yeah. before the game it was about 50,000 seats, mm. so that was interesting yeah. that you say for, yeah, it was only 40. No, I think that, that was the attendance, 40,000. So that, that felt about right, two, two-thirds full. Uh, full. Um, but Still yeah. more fans than, uh, than Southampton, no team, obviously. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it does make me wonder, and I think we speculated as well when they picked Bristol, whether they thought this would, was going to be a top-of-the-table mm. clash mm. at the start of the season instead of it... Well, like sec- we did. Like I mean, we did. <laughs> given our, given our uh, position in the table at 10th, it was a bit more low-down than yeah. the showdown, wasn't it? Yeah. But uh, I've got to say, the Bristol fans there, were fantastic and I don't know if it came across on the telly it the did. Bristol chant, oh I did it was loud wasn't it yeah. really yeah. it's uh, I think a lot louder uh, than the we were, Saracens chant we were a bit funny. isolated though Tone weren't we because we were a bit disappointed when we got into our seat there didn't appear to be many Bristol fans around and we, it, we had a couple of, well we had, a, we had a couple of like young kids so we had to be a bit careful about uh, you know when, when we scored there was a few people went up near us so yeah we were very we were a bit isolated oh, okay. in the uh, down there, but we did our best. Right, well, let's move on. Second half then. Uh, Max Malins goes and uh, scores to uh, make it 27-0. We then see the uh, the bench... 27... 20, 20, sorry, 27-20. 27-20. 27-20. Yeah. Um, and then Pietau Ranrandra come on on 46 minutes, then Sheedy on 53. Um, interested to get your view, the two of you that watched it on the telly, did it feel maybe they came on a bit too early? Did it did it break up the rhythm a little bit? Miles, do you want to take that one first? Um, yeah, I mean, look well. You look at the hard facts. We scored three points in the second half. Um, so, and I, 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 I'd hardly noticed that Semi and Charles had come on. To be perfectly honest with you, they obviously came on. You know, forty-five and forty-six minutes, as you said, TC. Mm. Um, and I think, like you've alluded to. Um, Lee, <laughs> sorry, Father. <laughs> uh, Lane was playing a blinder in the first half, as was Anton Frisch, as was Eden. So, yeah, I, I initially thought those fellas had come on too long and the flow and the, the rhythm of the game was a lot better in the first half, so maybe it should have stretched to 60 minutes. I felt it was one of those kind of preordained mm. moves that... That that's what was happening. So no matter what was happening on the pitch, what the score was, whatever, I think it was already preordained, and I think that's when he brought the boys on. And you know, the ironic thing is that you know that kind of the master plan was bringing them on for the last twenty minutes so we'd score some points. But 
obviously it failed, didn't it? <laughs> it never happens, no. Uh, and we've got to remember as well that obviously, I mean, I know Semi's been playing, you know, decent enough rugby, but Pietà's been out for a long time, and I think mm. there's a lot to ask. And especially when you've got Lane, as Miles had just said, he was really playing well, mm. and he didn't look tired at all when he was brought no. off. And I just thought it was one of those, it was one of those kind of decisions where you think it's one of those you can just just tweak it, mm. you know, don't go with the master plan, you know, to the to the second. Let's just see how it pans out. And I do think it was it was too early. Yeah, yeah. And then they, they scored another try, or so we thought, uh, and then it was pulled back, Pete, wasn't it? But I think we looked at each other at, um, that would have been, what, 34-nil... Uh, why must I keep saying nil? 34-20... <laughs> I think I think then we might have we might have just struggled if if that try had been uh, uh, been allowed. But uh, the right decision to pull it back. Yeah, totally the right decision. But I agree. I think that was a key moment actually mm. in in the second half that that you know we talk about momentum a lot and that that gave us a little bit of a fillip because we were under the pump then and. Um, and yeah, it was a correct decision, no doubt about it. And I think we have to remember that that you know we may slate the ref a little bit for other things, but they did get that one. I right? think so. It balances out a little bit. It was the TMO. TMO was came in. Um, but yeah, I do think you're right, Tony. There was a feeling in the stadium when we saw that try go over. We thought, yeah, this is it. Mm. Now internationals are on it. Yeah. The momentum's with them, and mm. we know we historically we're not that good at wrestling momentum back when we've lost it this season. Um, but but fair play. I mean, you know, it changed again after that. Absolutely, Callum Sheedy got the penalty on 63, it was a right old ding-dong and uh, I think then, uh, Miles, it was, we were about 70, 71 minutes uh, and there, well, one of the big talking points, of course, uh, Mr Farrell's uh, bodily assault <laughs> on uh, Piers O'Connor, oh, your, your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, that... We, we had quite a good view in the stadium, but very interested to hear your thoughts. Well, I mean, I... I mean, it was awful on TV. I mean, maybe up until that point, because um, he'd been tackled, hadn't he, previously? And this was the second sort of attempt to bring him down by foul. Um, and the TMO picked it up. And I don't know, to me, it was of clear yellow. Uh, and foul has, I hate to say, got a history of this, hasn't he? Shoulder, shoulder barges. Um, and to get away with just a penalty, in my opinion, was just totally unacceptable. And, you know, bad refereeing on that front. Lee. I just want to say actually at that point there was a we're pretty much the four of us in this poll we, we don't you know kind of subscribe to that it's the referee's fault you know we're always pretty fair about yeah. things aren't we but there was a lot of things that happened in that game Funapulu's um, deliberate uh, knock on to, to me should have been yellow Elliot Daly kept coming in from the side and it was it, it felt like you know back in the day when Alex Ferguson was managing United mm. and they got all the decisions didn't they no matter what happens they always got the rub of the green at that point you're thinking this feels exactly like those days the, the, the supposedly you know the big team is getting all the decisions and, and Ridley was awful and the TMO was just as bad but he did pick up the the, um, the knock on by uh, Funapolo but it, at that point, you're thinking, this is like you 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 are starting to feel wronged, and you know, and I I don't subscribe to that. You know, the referees at fault when we lose a game, but in this particular game, 
he was awful and I don't think he was he, up for the job. He didn't even spot an obvious forward pass either, did he, the ref? Because <laughs> 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 he gave the try at the end. No. <laughs> he did, as exactly. That's I think, so I think, true. I think, yeah, I think we have to be always careful about you know, ascribing blame to a ref because how many knock-ons are there, how many turnovers, whatever, yeah, yeah. players make mistakes. But I think the Farrell thing, on li- live, you could hear that smack yeah. when we were there. Everybody mm. around us were like, ooh, and we were waiting to come back to watch it. We knew something had happened. Mm. And, and, and all I can say on it is that it just didn't look like a tackle. It just looked no, like a shoulder no. bud. No, I'm not it's saying not. red. There was no contact to no. head, but it just wasn't a tackle. And I, I just... I, I, I don't understand. And, and what was slave made me laugh a bit afterwards when I watched it again was that Ridley kind of said, Christoph Ridley said, you know, next time, can you put your arms around next time? Mm. As if he's coaching him. It's like, yeah. you don't coach mm. this guy. He's an England international. <laughs> he's made a mistake. But also it made me laugh that even though Ridley had sort of said, fair enough, had said that, even then Faz still had to have a little bit of a chat with him about, <laughs> did, you know, he's yeah. like, mate, just, he's just walk away and, and then there's also that, that argument that oh he hasn't played enough rugby yeah, that's why he did it it's like no, no that's no, complete no, no, no. BS and I, and I think yeah. we could argue left right and centre but that just I think the consensus is that was a, a fairly strange decision was, let's leave yeah. it at that let's leave it at that and this, this is where maybe we go back to one of those misconversions because mm. if, if we pop one of those over, it would have been 27-25. Yeah. We're, we're in good kicking distance. A penalty uh, with Sheedy on the pitch would have put, put us one point ahead. Clearly, we kicked to the corner again. I think there was controversy about them coming over the top of the line out. Uh, a couple of penalties, but it came to nothing. Um, and then... That final, that final break. I mean, I, I, you know, in the stadium, I think it was. Nah, we've, you know, we've, we've lost, lost it. This, too, yeah. t- too much time's gone, and then you could gradually see them coming. And Lee, let me come to you, um, Joycey. Now we've not, we've not mentioned him for his speed uh, <laughs> over the years, but he somehow found some afterburners on seventy-nine minutes of that game. It was quite incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, but you say we haven't mentioned him, which we haven't, but there has been times in games where where he has absolutely exploded with speed. And we're all looking at each other thinking, bloody hell, what's going on there? And it was one of those moments, wasn't it? <laughs> and the kind of, excuse me, the determination on his face. And he was, there was literally no stopping him. And I thought, go on, Joycey, this is, this is it. You could see it. Obviously, as an Arsenal fan as well for Joycey, it would have been perfect, wouldn't well, it? Well, I think in it, he had in his head, he was Thierry Henry yeah. <laughs> racing yeah. in on that Spurs goal. He yeah. was just about to get his shirt over yeah. his head. Yeah, a last-minute derby winner. Yeah, uh, and, and the work was done. And the work was done because he drew the man and then popped the pass. Now, we, Pete and I, were sitting right in line with that and straight away... We knew it. We yeah. knew it. You know, it was one of those, didn't need to see it again. Yeah. It was forward. You put your fingers behind, cross fingers behind <laughs> your back, hoping against hope that they won't review it. But it, it was one of those unfortunate moments, wasn't it? I mean, I think he just wanted to make sure and certain, didn't he? And it was, he did. It was just that split he, second. He but, made it like a little extra step, didn't he? Yeah. It almost took him. And yeah. I mean, he'd already, <clears throat> he'd already done a show and go at the scrum half and got, I'm surprised he didn't do it again at Daily because... 99.999.9% of people would have assumed 
he was going to pass it because no lock would ever do a dummy <laughs> to score <laughs> and he could have done it it was I felt for him I felt yeah, for him yeah, time. And, yeah. um, and we should say if there's one person in our whole team that is still we you know is, we love the guy to bits it's Joycey and it was just mm. one of those unfortunate moments none of us are going to all against against him he's you know it's not going to change our season at all in any no, way shape no. or form is it no and it's just it was just one of those cruel cruel moments but I bet he got a bit of a towel whipping in the changing room I, I, I bet he did it's so frustrating though isn't it because don't get me wrong love Joycey and an incredible game and to actually get into that position was amazing but then it's basic skills, isn't it? That that, that let him down it right, is near the 80th minute. <laughs> but we've, you know. got, we've got a team full of individual errors yeah, all the season. So. Yeah, yeah, but we just seem to... There's, we talked about it yesterday, didn't we, Pete? There was the bath game. It's that, yeah. that error in the last few yeah. seconds yeah. that is costing us... Yeah. You know, can you imagine... Uh, a bonus point victory scoring under the sticks at uh, against Saracens yeah. what that would have done how that would have lifted the club don't get me wrong I think everybody took their hat off it was an incredible performance by the boys but to have taken Saracens down in their big showdown would yeah. have been it's, something it was special it's, it's something because uh, I wrote the post article for Monday and it was one of the things <coughs> I said in it that you know the He's the fine margins, and that is the difference that Bristol have got to make to go from good to great. Mm. That's where we can't make those mistakes, and we're we're still a learning team. So yeah. Apologies for that, but we are. Let's be honest, we are still a developing team, developing squad, and uh, you know that will make us great when we don't make mistakes like that, and and it will come. I'm convinced it will. But there's still some, um, yeah, but there's still some little. You're right, and it comes with that. There's some silly penalties that we gave away yesterday, didn't we? Which I don't know if if great teams at the top of the table make those penalties. I mean, very was it lifting a lifting a lock's leg in the in the scrum, which he was warned about. He carried on doing it. Penalty. We'll get back to that later. Um, I and I think you know that you know you know that Sarries are going to penalise uh, uh, on that. And you know again, wasn't he an amazing catch by Leura, wasn't it in our twenty-two? And the judge should be just blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just little margins, really, little silly penalties, which seem very clear to us. But one thing I would say, though, Miles, is that the one thing that we in that first half we were clinical in finishing, yeah. mm-hmm. and the last few weeks we've been awful yeah. in the red zone. Yeah, yeah. And this this week, but it's almost like we we can't we can't have the whole thing. The whole shebang doesn't you know, work for us. We're either good at one thing yeah. and fell at the other, or or vice versa but then the second half red zone efficiency must have been really poor yeah. mustn't it you know as TC said when we had the chance to kick to the sticks if, if the score had been different it would have been obvious but we went to the corner didn't we um, Sheedy didn't make the five metre line no. it was well short so we had to suddenly foul ourselves having no but then we got a no but then that we then got another yes, penalty we did. and we got closer and then and we, we kept, it. we kept picking and going and we Which were we were right in line with us and I mean, Saracens, in my opinion, I took photos of it actually because they were they were offside. But the point is that didn't that was irrelevant. We did one pick and go too many. We knocked it on. Didn't yeah, we? we did. And we had Semi and Charles out wide, and yeah. we were saying this is the time yeah. for the Semi crash ball. This is yeah, it. Yeah. A flat pass to Semi yeah. at pace. 
they're not going to stop him. And it was just again that like, ah, oh, they just. Yeah, didn't. it was lined up. Yeah. It was almost yeah. destined. The two of them were there. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like they didn't. It looked like, like three. That's the reason we brought them on. Yeah. 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 It does feel like there's a constant communication yeah. error in that team, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Three too many pick and goes, and, and, and you know we failed in the red zone, didn't we? To yeah. come away with anything. All right, then, boys. We we've got a lot still to get through. Um, normally, we talk about individual performances. Is there anybody that we haven't mentioned in the general chat that people particularly want to talk about before before we move on? We did mention Rich Lane, didn't we? I mean, I think mm. it was mentioned, but I just think we also need to mention him again. Just on the point I want to make out of that is we made it when we were there, a proper fullback yeah. playing in, in a proper position, yeah. does nothing flash and made every single decision was correct that he made in both attack and defence. Mm. And it was it was almost it was so clear that he was he was that good, we felt. And that was all I'd say about him. Mm. It, it was just it wasn't like, oh he's done a it was it's about the accumulation of quality basics yeah. that comes from knowing what you do. Yeah. Week mm. in, week out. In that position. In yeah. that position. I just want to just quickly say, I mean apart from obviously Armstrong who did struggle, I, I thought facts and 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 uh, Jake uh, played well actually I thought they did really well up against the top class Saris team um, and also I mean Fitzharlin wasn't his greatest game but he's still top tackler of 15 yeah. he's still playing against England internationals the one disappointing thing for me was and I don't think we've ever said this in what 104 episodes of the pod Chris Bowie had the worst game I think in, in a Bristol Bears show that I've seen and Dan Thomas was quite average and those two normally I know I might be a bit harsh here saying that but those two I know because they normally excel and they're normally way and above you know what we expect but I just thought for them it was it was average games and I thought well, we struggled let, let me check that out with Miles you know, the, the, the grand duke of harshness he, he's ended many a career do you think that's fair I'm not going to end Vui's career because he's immense every single game but the, you know the two stupid penalties he gave away um, on this occasion might just you know get, get your head straight and just think about what you're doing but yeah he was a bit quiet wasn't he what is normal all attacking, you know, defending self. I, mean, I think there's an element of that is who we were playing. I mean, he was, mm. under, oh, was the best He was under the cosh. I mean, on paper, that was the mm. best team in the league, isn't it? On paper. Yeah. Mm. But, but, but you still expect more yeah, from yeah. Vui, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah. four missed tackles from Dan Thomas, that's, it's, he's never done that, mm. you know? And I, I, I do accept I'll that. Tell you it's what, probably opposition. Dan is. Thomas was knackered because he'd run so many metres in Bath the week before in that yeah, Bath game. Yeah, 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 all those yeah. tap and goes. He hadn't recovered enough. <laughs> tap and goes from his own 22. I mean, what was I mean, all that about? It was good to have Harry round the back, wasn't he? I mean, did you think that he's, he's, he's just looked a little bit quicker in his throw? Pass. Pass. He's passing, sorry. Um, yeah, it was great. Um, I thought he brought a bit more energy back to the for the team, and that's just what we needed, really. The zip yeah. dip, man. And yeah, he's yeah, fit yeah. as well. Absolutely. Well, and he hasn't been injured. Because he's only played half a game for England. I, I, I suppose the only thing I would say is still his box kicking was a little bit yeah. off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and too often, it was kind of cheap possession we, yeah. we, we gave away. And but I... Sorry, go on, yeah. Mark. And, and he's yeah, right. He's he's almost sometimes too blimmin' quick, isn't he? He got yeah, himself isolated, isolated a couple of times where people couldn't keep up with him. But we'll forgive him for that because he's you know he's great to have him back. Well, let's let's move along. Actually, just before we do go off this, uh, uh, a mention to uh, our friend Briz Vader. 
Um, while we were having a moan <laughs> about Andrew of Cleves, uh, Sir Andrew of Cleves. Um, while we were having a little bit moan about, uh, uh, he stitched you do right to that GWR, <laughs> saying it's like the Hogwarts Express. Um, <clears throat> he very quickly and very cleverly photoshopped. Uh, Pete as Harry Potter, <laughs> but me as Lord Voldemort. Uh, yeah, I was thinking at least I would, have, I would have accepted Snape, but Voldemort was a bit harsh. It was a bit harsh, yeah. So uh, I've got to say that uh, let me just. You did set well, yourselves up for it, but I'm, we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God knows what that makes you two. I mean, we got Hagrid here. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, that's why I put. I'm obviously Hagrid. Neville, Neville Longbottom here. <laughs> no, he was. Uh, he was <laughs> He was the ginger one, wasn't he? Ron Weasley. Ron Weasley. Yeah. <laughs> or Ginny Weasley, maybe. Oh, oh. oh it was funny, though. So, yeah, we, we do love that, Andrew. Thanks yeah, for that, mate. Well, that's, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's one less Christmas card I'll be buying. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also uh, a shout-out to the, uh, the stewards at uh, White Hart Lane because uh, I had the opportunity to speak to Jeff. And uh, after the game, we went to, uh, what's it called, the Long Bar, and actually, for anybody that's uh, not been to the stadium, the whole of the South Stand underneath it is one bar, a continuous bar. It's the whole width of the pitch. And you can imagine it's four or five deep and it is noisy in there. And that's when BBC Radio Bristol phone. So I try, I try and get out and I thought the easiest place to go is just go through one of the little doorways back onto the, the seats behind the goal. Nobody's there. It'd be nice and quiet. So I start talking to Jeff. And then I got surrounded by stewards telling me that I had to move. And I said, do you know, I'm on to BBC Radio Bristol. <laughs> so anyway, poor Jeff was a bit worried about my uh, steward, uh, steward's inquiry, but yes. uh, <laughs> all, all, all ended well. But no, great, great day out at, uh, at uh, White Hart Lane. So, uh, yeah, we move on. And uh, after the excitement and the 40,000 crowd at White Hart Lane... Uh, we've got Gloucester at home on Wednesday. The membership will keep up. Don't worry, it'll be seventeen thousand. Seventeen thousand. I guarantee ten. Ah, wait, won't because they haven't given all season oh, no, card holders yeah, a card. Oh, no, card yeah. Now we'll see. Yeah. Now we'll see. So, um, sorry, I'm just going to have to take a sip. You have of water. a you have a slurp of water. <laughs> so, um, I'm not going to dwell too long on this, but we've put ourselves back in a position where possibly we could progress as one of the. Uh, best runners up because let's face it I don't think Bath are going to put out a stellar team to beat Worcester who mm. the top of our group we could get the best runner up spot so there's a little something to play for it but this is a midweek game between two first team games thoughts on who might be in that squad I think it's probably fair to say anybody that's going to be anywhere near the 23 ain't going to figure in it yeah but without spending too much time, Pete, who do you think? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm leading. leading. But, yeah, but, but I'll answer the question anyway. Yeah, I, I, I think that um, I, I don't think it's on Pat's you know wish list to to win this season, and I think we'll we'll put out um, a mix of a few experienced players that are coming back and the youngsters again. And I think and and I'm happy with that because that's Ooh. exactly what the Premiership Cup yeah, is all yeah, about. Right. You know, we, we want these these youngsters to progress and have experience game time, and I think that's what Pat will do. Yeah, yeah. Any thoughts from you, Miles? Uh, I, I agree. I mean, some of the guys you played the Premiership Cup the week before, I think they'll be starting again, don't you? I mean, John Hawkins captain, didn't he? I mean, why not give him another opportunity? Edie and he's one who could be knocking on the door yeah, for next season. Exactly. Actually. You know, we found Edie was in there. 
Ashley Challenger. Um, well, I think Will Capon's on the advert for the game. Oh, well, there you go. So that's a given, isn't it, really? And the minute they feature on a sort of little video clip from the club, you know that they're going to feature, don't you? And again, Adi Loken, I mean, he scored, didn't he, in the Prem Cup? So, um, yeah, full-back, I don't know. Will he feature Rich Lane again, or is he just... Probably not. Well, well, Purdy was at the game, he was, um, and he wasn't listed as unavailable. So I've got a feeling Purdy will be one of the senior players. Yeah, and it's against Gloucester always. Yeah, doesn't he? So I agree. It'll be a mix of new and old, and you know, great bit of rivalry, but not going to read too much into the the team we put out. Of course, it'd be interesting to see who we play at fly half uh, because you would assume it's not going to be. Tiff or, or Sheedy, uh, will Jack Lloyd get his opportunity? Uh, oh, yeah, he was on the bench, wasn't he? I, to, to be honest, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind this. You put, you know, Freddie Youngster in, and, you know, by all accounts, the guy's got more talent than Guyton, so. I think that. Yeah, you know, that's saying something, isn't it? I can't add any more to that, but I think the bigger question is uh, who's going to be there selected out of Bearsville on the gate? Because you're going to tone, <laughs> aren't you? I, I'm, oh, I'm going to rush back from yeah. London that day from a three day event oh. in London to try yeah, and go. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and go. I'm, I'm going to go because it's my birthday on Tuesday, so I'm going to treat myself. Well, it's Wednesday, that. isn't it? Yeah, but it's, yeah, but my, yeah, it's Wednesday, but uh, my birthday's Tuesday, but my other half is in London all day. Girls, you know, so I haven't even got a birthday Tuesday, so I'm moving my birthday to Wednesday. Well, if I said anything on my door, she's had like three weeks, you know, yeah. continuous birthday, so... No vaccine okay. built this year then, Pete? No. Nope. <laughs> OK, so, uh, it, yeah, I think it's always nice to see uh, some of the up-and-coming players, mm. and I'm sure we'll see even more than the Bath game because mm. of the proximity to the uh, the first-team game. So, uh, yeah, we'll have a, a little bit of report on that. Um, but the next league game is Northampton Saints away. That's Saturday, the second of April, three pm kickoff uh, on BT Sport. And I think uh, starting with the Saracens game, that's a run of six games in a row that we're on BT Sport. Because I think the Gloucester game uh, in the Premiership yes, Cup yes. as well is is on BT Sport. Uh, but uh, before we talk about it, let's hear the latest of Pete's Premiership previews. Okay, so I am uh, delighted to be joined by Tom Vickers, who is the sports writer for the Northampton uh, Chronicle and Echo. Um, He's talked to us before in the past. Tom, I really appreciate you giving up a bit of time on a Sunday afternoon, particularly as it's so sunny. Um, But we do appreciate you giving giving us a little bit of a preview for the game against Saints next weekend. So, no, no problem at all. Very, uh, very happy to be joining you once again. Brilliant. So, what I um, like to say is, obviously, both teams were in London yesterday. We were uh, we were at the showdown at Tottenham Hotspur with against Saracens, and and uh, I think we could say we lost gloriously. But I noticed that you your boys were uh, were down at Brentford and um, did a bit of a job on uh, London Irish. So, what was your summary of the game yesterday? <laughs> Easily take the best performance of the season. I mean, the scoreline says 42-22 in the end, but, you know, it was 42-8 at one point. I mean, London Irish scored two late tries to make it look slightly more respectable, but, you know, Saints scored six tries. Um, they were 8-0 down, actually. Uh, then they scored six unanswered tries, and uh, it was just, they just blew them away. I mean, it was like dream dreamland. You know, the sun was out. Uh, the backs were playing all the running rugby, you know, the pack were laying the foundation. I, I was writing today that it was like the dream to Chris Boyd. It would be exactly what he would have envisaged when he joined Saints in 2018. It would 
and it was just a fantastic day for everyone of the same persuasion, really. That's brilliant. I mean, did, did Chris Boyd even break into a smile post-match at all? Because uh, he's usually got a bit of a poker face, I've noticed, a few times he's done interviews. <laughs> Chris Boyd was in quite a celebratory mood, I'm happy to report. He even said he might have a pint of Guinness after that game, as it was the uh, St. Patrick's Day party for London Irish. And uh, he wearing sunglasses the sun was shining on the press box and uh, he was he was clearly very happy with what he'd seen overall I think oh brilliant well of course I mean Bristol Bears fans will have a uh, a bit of a painful memory of our the, the game at the beginning of the season where um, essentially your front row came and did a massive job on our front row at, at Ashton Gate and it was actually probably one of the more depressing losses in the autumn for us um, I mean how have your how have the Saints kind of been doing how would you summarise their their kind of season since that time you know you know, forget it obviously yesterday really good but generally how, how do you think they've been going well, well just a note on that game at Ashton Gate I mean I with um, my thoughts on thinking the Saints absolutely crashed Bristol because obviously after that game actually that was how we kind of all looked at it and we were like wow you know what an absolute um, thrashing it was to be fair in terms of how it all panned out but you know we're not silly we know that Bristol were missing a lot of players that day you know that especially in the past and, and Chris Boyd even said after that game actually you know we, we got sympathy for them because we know how many players they're missing you know this is their front line we're quite aware of that. We don't think that all of a sudden we're miles better than this Bristol team that was so good last season. They knew there was a lot of absences that day, and obviously they did well and they took advantage of it. You know, you can't put that past them. They did very well, but they'd be very, very well aware that they'll be coming up against uh, a much stronger Bristol team. Looking at the players that Bristol seems to have available for the for the game, so so they know that they're going to be up against it a lot more this weekend than, than they would be would have been back then. Um, have sort of fluctuated in time since that win you know I mean they, they lost four games in a row um, three of them pretty much in the, the dying embers of the game that they sort of lost and they've, now they've won um, sort of three games in a row in all competitions so they kind of an up and down team and the, the big thing for them is always spoken about spoken about all season is consistency can we be a consistent team and if they can be a consistent team now from these three wins they've just had and kick on um, and win their last five league games you know they could get into the playoffs and they could you know potentially do anything but we've seen the forward saying that sometimes they take a step forward and then they take a couple back so until they can really piece that consistency together which involves beating Bristol um, at the weekend then I think people will still uh, question whether they can do it and obviously we're in that stage of the season now where you know one or two defeats and that, that pretty much ends ends your sort of top four bid so so they know that consistency is massive and they know that they have to beat Bristol this weekend yeah, that's interesting I mean we you've obviously got a lot to play for league wise I mean we realistically uh, the, the game's gone as it were for us for the league but we've got Europe to look at and, and potentially Saturday for us is a is a dress rehearsal for home and away against Sale so I, I, I suspect that we may well have uh, a quite strong side coming um, for those Bristol fans that make the journey to Franklin's Gardens I mean what, what players should we fear from uh, from Saints well I mean if you were basing it on yesterday's performance you'd say pretty much all of them because they played so well <laughs> yeah. and I think that was definitely the highest player, player range I've ever given for a long long time you know 
I think I gave below an eight for the performance yesterday. It was generally wow. that good, but but obviously um, you know you know they have to do it all again, and and the fact that they've got you know Laws, Bigger, and London back um, now, and uh, back there as well. You know those players that have been involved in the Six Nations, they're massive, um, massively key, obviously with their experience and the way that they are sort of able to help save control and see games out. Hopefully, is what they're hoping for. Um, you know, Rory Hutchinson was pulling the strings brilliantly, and, and actually a player that um, has sort of been in and out of the same team during his time. Came to the academy, Tom Collins, and he he was absolutely electric um, against London Irish, and he has been in really good form. His counter attacking has been absolutely magnificent, really good to watch. So he's definitely um, a player to watch if, if you know if states can get him enough of the ball. But um, yeah, you know they're they're threats in different areas as they will because the Bristol team. We we know exactly how many threats Bristol have got, and I was looking at the players they could potentially pick, and you know it, it could be games being played for Bristol using quite a high scoring. So and we hope the same again, but obviously the most important part of that from the same perspective is that they come out on the right side of the scoreline. Sure. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it could be uh, an old school humdinger, um, given uh, given the players available. So here we go. Last question. Um, what do you reckon, objectively speaking, as a journalist? What do you think the result will be? <laughs> um, well, I, I predict. Um, I, I'm, I'm very realistic with my predictions. I don't predict wins unless I genuinely think that Saints will win. You know, I've been plenty of defeats this season. Um, I had quite a good feeling for some reason about the last few games. And they managed to win them. Um, this one, uh, I'm a little bit on the fence about purely because I think I was looking at how Bristol are going to approach the game, and I was looking at the players that are so fresh that they they can bring in, um, and it does make me worry a little bit in this game, especially because Saints the Gardens haven't always been the most dominant in recent times. But um, that's a very long answer. But I'm going to just edge on the side of a high-scoring. Um, game that is potentially edged by Saints. Brilliant. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll take that. That's fair enough. Anyway, look, I really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for giving it up and uh, yeah, we're all looking forward to next week. Well, Pete, fair to say there were a few sound issues <laughs> on uh, on that one. I just want to say it, I wasn't recording it in my toilet even though it sounded like or he wasn't in the toilet. It was a complicated technical issue where I was holding my phone on speaker it was on, on speaker I was holding it up against my computer trying to feed it directly into some into garage band um, and I, yeah it was a difficult one and it just reminds us all that we aren't and all of those listeners out there reminds you that we aren't a professional studio based podcasting or corporation we try our best but anyway massive thanks to Tom for doing it because uh, you know he, he, he actually I spoke to him I think at half time between the uh, the, the game, the Exeter and the Leicester game, because he was, you know, as a journo, he's watching it. So fair play to him. And uh, as always, it's always nice to speak to an eloquent BBC reporter. He did. He's yeah. Oh, yeah, really it's well, BBC. It? What are we talking about? It's, an eloquent local journalist. Apologies. But he was high as a kite because that, I saw that Saints game and they yeah. did perform absolutely brilliantly. Yeah. And they've got some proper attacking potent weapons as well. Yeah. We should worry yeah. about. Yeah. And of course, uh, a whole load of players back from international duty yeah, now. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's talk about the game. Uh, if I come to you, Lee, first. Uh, changes in the pack. Who do you see uh, starting? Or you know, do we do we keep that uh, starting fifteen that ran Saracen so close? Uh, if you look at the forwards for me. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I would say maybe Jake Armstrong might might have a rest, or you, you, you don't know, else. he might. He, he, he won't go anyone else. He's, yeah. He, he, well, this is the big issue. Was Sinclair unavailable, or was he rested? Yeah. For, well, you know, was it one of the England's? Well, there was talk of a, a bit bruised. They kept saying, mm. didn't they? And giving him a week to sort of recuperate a bit. Yeah, because I mean, like, he was definitely listed as unavailable, which yeah, usually was. means yeah. They're, yeah. they're injured. I mean, I think it's obvious if he is available, he's yeah. he's, he's in there. Mm. Um, and and I think actually, I mean, I don't know with Joycey. I think I think he will have another run out. I think because Joycey, you know, he, he's there's nothing more than he's got to want to do get back on that pitch and perform. You know, um, I think I think we will go with. Actually, I think we'll pr- pretty much go. For, for what we've already got. I think Vui and Dan Thomas are still being. I mean, possibly Jeffries might slip into one of those spots, but I think we'll pretty much go with what we've got apart from Sinclair and maybe for Armstrong. Of course, we haven't got huge options at the moment with the, the injury list. I don't no, think we've no. seen Heenan or Luatua, although the club have said they'll be back before the end of the season. I don't expect no. them back that uh, no. in the next few weeks. Though. No. Uh, and of course, I think... I think I am right in saying is uh, I don't know. Is, when does Nathan Hughes' loan finish? Was he there mm. for January and February? Or was it no February and March? It's wasn't February it? and March? Yeah, yeah. So he should be available back for us. Potentially, I mean, from, it, can, it can always be extended. But whether yeah. Pat will want that extra cover as we start to head towards the European games, uh, Miles, how about the, in the backs then? What uh, what changes do you see? Uh, what I'd like to see is none whatsoever. I mean, that, that, that sort of starting lineup against Saracens at the weekend was phenomenal in the first half. Um, Randall back, Tiff was brilliant. Jack Bates, Frisch, O'Connor, where the, the link between Frisch and O'Connor was fantastic, and Alapati was solid uh, in his tackles and catching. And Rich Lane was phenomenal. Um, I couldn't ask for more. I mean, you know, yes, we've got Semi Charles. I don't think he's not going to play a full game at all, so he might play half a game. And I don't think Semi has proved enough this season to get us to, to get a starting as to start out next weekend. Controversial maybe, but I think it was more effective with that starting lineup. The career killer is back. Watch out, Samuel. <laughs> was he not European Player of the Year last year? Yeah, anyway. was. Yeah, Pete. yeah, he was. You're right. You're only as good as your next game. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's good as your next pod, Miles. Isn't <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Any thoughts then on the boys' uh, I, selections? I, it, when we do you know this tone? When will we have to give Randall a break? Do we have to give him a break at some point? I, I'm not exactly sure. I thought they had to schedule in a yeah. a, a week. Between mm. the end of the Six Nations well, and the end of the season, games though. I mean, the thing is, we want him. We want him for, for sale. Both games yeah, for do. sale. So yeah, does he? Yeah. Does he? Do we? Do we get Max Green? In? Green I mean, Max Green playing against Quinns, the reigning champions. You know, it's not like we haven't tried. <coughs> That's my only quality. And I actually got to say, I, I think Sheedy will start because I think Sheedy is still. I think Sheedy is still number one, and if we're going into that European campaign, I think. Pat will want to start ramping. Will want to use the Saints game as a as a dress rehearsal for sale because it, the game the league gone. So we've got to use this. We've got to be strategic about this this Saints game, and, and we're either going to get people playing together ready for that first leg against Sale, or we're going to bring back 
So it does the risk is do you start Charles? You know to risk is we you know I don't know but I I really think Sheedy will start. I just you know, think he will. I think for that that point that you've just mentioned that, that Pat it's the Champions Cup. And that's what mm. we're looking at. That's, it, that's, that's the all. only thing we're looking yeah. at, and that's why I think Mars is right. I think he will he will start the same uh, team because I, I think we need these boys. We'll give them some game time, don't get me wrong, but I think we will start with that team, you know, but we'll, we'll prepare mm. our big guns for sale. And I think that's... that's yeah, yeah. No, let's face it, whatever the selection is on Saturday for Saints, it's all about sale. That's what I'd say. Mm. Mm. I, just worry, I just worry about Sheedy maybe starting. If he gets an injury, <coughs> then we, you know what I mean? Then, then we are, we I think, are back, I think, back to... I think... I don't know. I just think that we can't... Sheedy has got so much credit in the Pat Bank. Mm, the Bank of Pat. The Bank of Pat. And he is an international player. Like, whatever we say... He will start and, against and, Sal, though, won't he? Yeah, I'm but, pretty, but I just think that, you know, he'll just want to keep him fresh because he's not really playing. You know, he played half a bit of 10 minutes for mm. Wales. He's there. He's, does he think he needs to get a full... Or at the start of a game... And then I take him off for Tiff. I mean, I Tiff's done nothing that. wrong. We know that, but you know, but it's, it's a different so sort of mentality. This is why, as I say, boys, big, yeah. big, the most mate. exciting part of the week is thinking about what the selection's going to be. I'm looking yeah. forward to the announcement. I mean, let's not f- forget they absolutely mullered our scrum. Exactly. I mean, that was embarrassing, wasn't it? Oh, they were. Mm-hmm. It was what our against men, wasn't it? They were driving over and picking the ball up off, off the back of the, the scrum. Yeah. It, 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 it was immense. Now, we've got a few people that maybe weren't available. You would think, you know, would he start John Afoa as an arch scrummager and try and get 60 minutes out of him? If Sinclair isn't available, is he keeping Sinclair for the the European games I can't see them starting Jake Armstrong I think I think Jan Thomas and John Afoa yeah. will start it'll, so it'll be the reverse of mm. yeah agreed what we had um, interesting on Sheedy I, I, th- I think Sheedy probably will start uh, and I don't know whether Charles Piotr will start on the basis he's going to do 40 minutes mm. but rather than throwing him on as a sub get him in there for the mm. first 40 minutes yeah. and give him that game and then maybe Rich Lane yeah. come, comes on. Because um, mm-hmm. I think there's a big difference, isn't there, between building into a game with the rest of the team as opposed to being thrown on mm. as an individual. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. agreed. And then Ran Ranja. I mean, again, can you not see him playing the European games? So would you leave him on the bench for, for two weeks on the trot? Again, I'm can't sl- see it. I can't see it. And I think, you know, with Frisch... Frisch and O'Connor have been amazing, but it, I think Ran Ranja was looking better with Frisch as well at inside centre. So, I think for, I think one thing we can say for sure is that <coughs> Frisch is our inside centre now. Yeah, yeah mm. and we need to, yeah, we need, and we need to keep, him. Yeah. keep yeah. him. I mean, he's not just Frisch; he's exciting. Yeah, he <laughs> he's so exciting. Clean and fresh. So exciting. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, and there's lots of speculation, and we'll talk about some of the paper speculation in a minute, but people are looking at Frisch now, yeah. and I think some of the French clubs, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, we've struggled for an inside centre, we've unearthed the diamond here, we need to keep it. Yeah, absolutely. Boy. And, I, and I think Pat will be doing everything he can to keep him, because it will be a real disappointment again in our season if we let him, if, if he goes, it, it really will, because potentially next season we could... You know, we're building again now, mm-hmm. aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay McGinty coming, we've got good players coming in. 
next season we go again and Frisch needs to be part of that squad. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, prediction time. I'll go to Miles first. Can we do, should we do last week's or not? Oh, have you got last week's there? Uh, we had a we had a clear winner. Oh look, <laughs> he was only what he was I only actually bit. one point. I was one side. point out. One point. So Miles. So there we are. Uh, Miles predicted twenty four twenty eight. So uh, very good. Very good. You two were awful. Wow. <laughs> so Miles. Oh, so this week it's gonna it's getting bigger. <laughs> um, it's got a tough match you know what I it, 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 I feel it could be a step too far just looking at the performance that, that Northampton put over on uh, Irish yesterday high scoring we're both running sides um, I think 30 to Saints and 28 to Bristol close 30-28 30-28 oh, to Saints Pete your uh, your prediction I don't know, to be honest. I, I, I think <laughs> Well, that's not very good no. for a pundit. You have to make... I, 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 I see, my mind's on the, the European games, Tony. I'm going to say we, we're, we're going to lose, I'm afraid. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be a good game. It'll be a dong, ding, ding, dong. I think it'll be... They're, they're scored for 30-20. 30-20. Lee? 28-14 Saints. 28-14 to Saints. Uh, and I am going to go for uh, 31-24 to Saints. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that pack looks awesome that they've got. Mm. Uh, they are fired up and playing some good rugby. And to do that at London Irish in their backyard mm. uh, was quite a result. Plus, I think if there's any doubt, anybody needs a little bit of rest, a bit of extra time to, to recover, Pat won't play them with all eyes on sale. So, uh, sadly, all four of us have gone for the home victory for Northampton. Well, that's nearly it for this week, but uh, before we do, just wanted to talk about uh, a bit of speculation that uh, is out there. Uh, Lots of stuff on social media uh, around Dave Atwood potentially uh, going back to Bath. Lee, what do you make of that? Yeah, I think, unfortunately, I think those rumours are true. Um, I mean, we're lucky enough to have a source in the Bath camp and I think the deal's pretty much done. Uh, and it's going to be, you know, we'll be gutting to see Dave Atwood go because, I mean, I know that he's... Um, what age is he now? Oh, he's 30... 34, 35, yeah. But he still is a class act, isn't he? And, mm. uh, you know, it'd be a shame to see him go, but obviously we've, we've got to rejig everything for next season and... Um, Unfortunately, I think Big Dave's going to be one of the casualties. Yeah, I mean, that article clearly was very clear from him that he cannot afford to not have an income for a while. Yeah. He obviously isn't ready to, to get a law career going. So if, if, Bath, if we don't offer anything in Bath do, from a geographical point of view, it makes total sense if he's got a family... So, yeah. you know, ultimately, he'll probably say, you know, at this point in my career, boys, loyalty... Mm. That's for you boys. It's not for me. I've got, well, I've got they've, a livelihood. They've got more money, haven't they? They're, yeah. they're, they're yeah. I, 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 I can totally else. understand if it happened. Senior professional, ex-England international, he's got to be on a big whack. Um, it's been funny because often he's been the player that's done 45, 50, 60 minutes. Last two games, mm. I think he's played all 80, isn't he? And and, and, and looked it's fine. Like, that's Pat's punishment for that. Oh, <laughs> might, 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 might well be. Might well be. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it... 
in an ideal world, you'd give them another year, wouldn't you? But if, if they are looking and we've got to bring people in at other positions, let's face it, Locke maybe isn't the biggest weakness in, no. in our team. And I do think that, that Pat has been, you know, steadily bringing John Hawkins yeah, to the fore and, and, and he's, he hasn't let us down yet, has he? And mm. I think that, you know, he's, it's about time for Hawkins to, to step up and I think he'll, he'll be okay for us. But it'd be... Can you imagine seeing Big Dave, though, back in a bash? Oh, oh I mean, yeah. That, that's not going to look good. Um, rugby paper today, uh, we're recording this our normal time on Sunday evening, uh, Miles. Um, talking about James William, the Hartbury fly half, coming in and potentially Tiff Eden being on his way out. Your your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely gutted, really. But as we well know, the deal was probably done or potentially a long time ago before Tiff came into form. And, you know, he's, uh, he's been here since 2017. We bring him from Nottingham. Um, and he's not had many first-team appearances. And, I mean, how many, you know, we've got McGinty coming in next year. We assume Sheedy is staying, or is he still under contract until he, you know, revives his Wales career and decides to move across the bridge? So I feel sorry for um, Tiff, really. We've got now a proven, solid runner, strong, good at kicking, excellent at ball in hand, as we found out. Um, to, to us, to a bit of an unknown from Hartbury. Obviously, we've had our scouts and Pat looking at him, but this is the championship we're talking about. And, yeah, it's a bit risky and a bit I sad, kept really. I would have kept Tiff. Yeah. It's tried and tested, and I know he hasn't had the game time, I think, Pat probably made the choice as Miles said early. Really. Mm. Um, but I just feel that Tiff Eden's got a lot to offer in a bear shirt. And he knows it will be fair choice. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious. But I just think he's tried and tested. He knows the setup. He knows the guys around him. He's, you know, he's in a, an environment that he's, he's secure and safe in. And against the tried and test, as good as this Hartbury player might be, you know, it's, it's still an unknown for us, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Uh, and the, the the final bit of the article was talking about Pat having to have a bit of a clear out um, Pete and a couple of names that were mentioned uh, Mitch Eady maybe not quite so big a surprise there but Luke Morahan as well maybe the two of them would be moved on your thoughts on that do you, do you think there's there's truth in that? well it's got to be a certain amount of truth because it was in the paper I, I think the, I mean none of us want to see Luke Morahan leave but the problem is, you've got to look at the stats. How many appearances has he made this season? And you know, it, it, you, you say it's injury, but if he's getting to a point where he's he's, he's seen as injury prone and he's expensive, mm-hmm. you know, what is it? You know, I know the impact he's made is immense when he plays, but if you cumulative impact this season, you know, mm-hmm. you've got to weigh these things up, and uh, uh, and, and you know, we're in a different landscape. And then you see the likes of unearthing the like of someone like Rich Lane at fullback. Who does a great job, you know? That's the new, you know. Is that where we're going back to? Let's unearth a diamond again. So I'd, I'd hate to see him go, but he, you know, let's see. I mean, if we suddenly see Borough up for sale, then we know <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a bad, it's a it's a done deal. If the Tim Tams are on special yeah. offer, come uh, come come, mate. Lee, you want my, to come my, my one worry would be with Moran because I, I I'm pretty sure he's staying in Bristol, which means if we do offload him. There's probably only one place that he will go again, and I think that could be Clifton. I, I think it could be those boys <laughs> on the road. 
And that, that worries me, you know. Up the road or across the road? Across the road. Danny yeah. Yeah. Dang, yeah, yeah. Dang and actually, A4. when you think that they've got Joe Maddock coming in as their attack coach, he was an Australian, he's Australian, he played for Bath in the mid-2000s. Aussie. Mm. You know, you're right. I don't know, I hadn't thought about that. But, well, I just think about the house situation. I think, I'm pretty sure Moran's just, uh, I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn here, but I think uh, Moran's he's pretty much staying in Bristol. Yeah. 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 Well, we shall see. Maybe he's, he's doing enough flat whites to... Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe sub, 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 tell you what, turn, turn out for dings for a few quid. I was going to say, if more. the prices of it, Borough, no offence, I'm <laughs> surprised. <laughs> Got to say, it's very good, though. Very good. Um, uh, OK, well, uh, that's it for, for this week. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave a review or rating for us on your podcast platform. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at bearsbeyondgate. And on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Uh, we'll be back next week with our reviews of the Gloucester and Saints game. And then we'll look ahead to that big European clash with Sale. Until next time, goodbye, stay safe and come on, Briz.